Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So, a fun little fact if you follow us on Twitter, at Giants. Well, the last time the New York Giants selected a linebacker in the top five was when they selected Carl Banks in, like, 1984 or something. And then Lawrence Taylor, like, in the 80s as well. And Mike probably remembers that. I'm the jerk for making him feel, like, super old. But what's going on, guys? Welcome into another edition of the Giants Brawl Podcast brought to you by the Brawl Network. As always, I'm your host for this evening, Usaid Kosho. We got your experts in the house, as always. They're the ones that make this show possible. I pretty much don't do anything besides show up and talk Giants. Scott, Mike Trainer in the house. You can follow him on Twitter at Mike Trainer MFT. Go ahead and shoot Anthony Rivardo a follow on Twitter, too, at Anthony underscore Rivardo. We were talking before the podcast started before we started recording this thing these guys are bored i'm bored too which is why we're here we're your one-stop shop for anything and everything giants we're literally taking all the information that you get from like 30 different sources and just putting into one podcast isn't that right guys that's exactly right yes what's up let's get it we're, uh, you know, we're hyped, dude. Surprisingly, today in Illinois has been like a freaking decent day for quarantine. I was on my old phone earlier. I found the screenshot. So I joined Twitter like four years ago, right? I found the screenshot, dude, of Ariana Grande like blocking me. So I got that going for me. I've been laughing about that all day. Why Why did she block you? What did you do? Oh, okay. So, so you know, all those like, so, you know, sometimes, dude, like on Twitter, you'll like the randomest like burner accounts will like tag you in a tweet and it's just blowing your mentions up. And then you get like super annoyed and you're like, yo, F this. Like, I'm either going to just mute this entire thread or go in. So, me being who I was at the time, I was like, yeah, 19 or whatever. But so I started trashing her and I was like, yeah, she's a bitch. Her music's terrible. I don't care. And then what happened, dude, is like, I woke up the next. Yeah. Shit. And so, anyway, I woke up the next morning, dude, and I straight up said the night before I went to sleep, I was like, I really hope she blocks me because I don't care. And then, yeah, boom, I got blocked. So I told, um, I told one of my coworkers who's a big Ariana Grande fan the exact same story, and she was like, well, what the hell? So I don't care. Uh, she blocked me. I had nothing to do with any of this, by the way. I'm totally innocent for voicing my honest opinion about how I feel about her music. I thought you were going to say when you woke up the next morning, I regret my actions. I apologize <laughs> to her. But nope, you took a, definitely another route. <laughs> I like it, though, man. I like it. Yeah. I, she, I follow, like, this Ariana Grande. Like, she's like an impersonator. on Like, not really an impersonator. She just loves her so much. She dresses like her. And she looks identical to her, man. Like, I kind of want to bang her. Like, it's... But <laughs> it's got, like, mental issues. You know what I mean? I'll retweet some shit later so you guys can see I'm on my timeline if you follow me. But it's a, it's a horrible, man. It's like one of those, you know, they have those uh, plastic people. They they have all that plastic surgery and they look like like they're a plastic fucking doll. It's like, yeah. sort of like that, but she did it right. Like she didn't. I don't think she had any plastic surgery. She just kind of looks like her and did the whole makeup and shit, man. Oof. You got to take what you. Boy, so if I can't get every other grind there, I might as well have the next best thing. Some crazy broad that looks like her. <laughs> oh, my God. Anthony, what are you up to, dude? Nothing, man. I just um, 
was playing some Warzone. Got out of the gulag and then realized it's almost nine o'clock, so I had to tell the boys, "See ya." And now here I am. Just a lot of video games, man. Not not much else to do. I've been watching some Better Call Saul too. I don't know if you guys have watched that, but that's a really good show. That's the best show on TV right there, dude. I need to get around to watching Tiger King because everybody's like talking about yeah. Tiger King. And I'm like, all right, I'll check this out eventually. But anyways, uh, that's four minutes of just what's going on in our lives. We hope you guys and your families are doing great through the current situation. Our thoughts and prayers are always with everyone, too. So let's get into Giants football, guys, because that's why we're here. I mean, you got the Giants. They're meeting with Andrew Thomas, the offensive tackle from Georgia, who's listed as like OT three or four by a lot of people in this draft class. We've said for weeks and weeks and weeks now, it's going to be Simmons at four and an offensive tackle at 36. Them meeting with Thomas this week, like I'm just like, all right, you're not really serious about this guy. You're just meeting with him because when you're picking that high in the draft, you do your homework on like every single draft prospect. Mike, I'll start with you. What do you think? Uh, that could be like, it could be either two, one or two things. It could be like a smoke screen to throw everybody off saying like, oh, they did definitely go on offensive lineman. Or that could be another thing where Andrew Thomas, like you said, he's like the, pretty much the last rated of the top guys. Maybe he slips later in the first round, possibly towards the second round. Maybe we trade up. You know, we do have some extra draft picks we can you know, used to make that happen. Maybe that's something the Giants are looking to do. Yeah, I think that Andrew Thomas is like a perfect trade-down candidate. If Dave Gettleman actually does what we don't think he will, but hope he does, and trades down, I think Andrew Thomas would be that perfect ideal pick at like 8, 9, even as far back as 12 if he's there. So I think that's probably what they're doing. They're covering all the bases on all of the offensive linemen, and they realize that if they do trade down, he's going to be their top target. So if that scenario um, occurs, they need to be prepared and know who they're getting in case they do trade down. Well, it just like they, you know, he's one of those like, okay, so he's one of those guys that makes sense for you to trade down because like we've said, this is a pretty decent offensive tackle class. And whether you're picking out like four or five, six, seven, wherever you're picking, because uh, you're going to have that run on quarterbacks because the draft stamp 16 days away from the time that we're recording this. But the point is, is the fact that like there's going to be, I think you're going to see Herbert and Tua obviously with a lot of the different reports coming out. You don't know who's going to go first. If you were to tell me three months, asked me three months ago who's going first, I would have told you Joe Burrow number one. This back in January, then Tua and then Justin Herbert. But now it looks like that could be flip flopped around. So it's going to go Burrow, then Herbert and Tua, and that has big implications. And so the Giants, like they could trade back, man, with like Miami or the Chargers, and still have their pick of like Isaiah Simmons or an offensive tackle. So this whole Thomas thing, like I think Mike's kind of right in the sense that it could just be a smokescreen for something bigger or it could be something that it's like yeah well we're just doing our homework on this guy because he's gonna be you know we have to look into like every scenario possible two is slipping man i remember i think i was saying like one of the first podcasts i was on how two it sucks so it looked like <laughs> gms are finally getting it um and i feel sorry for anthony's i think his dream is dying man it looks like the Redskins are definitely gonna go chase young on number two um so unfortunately he's not slipping now we just got to worry about what the lions do if they are sneaky fucks and grab simmons it's going to throw everything into chaos i'll say it it does look like the dream is dying and i think more than anything it's because of the virtual draft format i think that is going to confuse a lot of nfl gms and um a lot of front offices and i think there's going to be a lot less trading in the first round this year than there usually is, especially with a big blockbuster to get up to the number two spot to take a quarterback. I don't see it happening when all these, you know, GMs have to get on their phones or their Zoom calls and try and coordinate with all these different people that they're not in the same room with and then try to make a trade via the Internet. I don't think it's going to happen. I think there's going to be some trades, but not any big blockbuster ones this year. And I think that's the reason why um, there's no chance that Chase Young is getting past number two now. And I don't know if you guys saw also the um, the Re- Washington Redskins announced they're going to be doing a, um, a live stream party for viewing the draft or something. And they're going to have Dwayne Haskins on like the video chat. So I, I, it seems really unlikely they would invite him to that if they were planning on drafting to attack of Viloa. I mean, that would be pretty awkward if they did. That would, dude, I would freaking... That would be great TV. 
Oh yeah. I would, dude. I would be. I would die laughing just knowing, like, okay, so when Haskins was coming out last year, like, I was already. I mean, I've had like a. I was like, this dude's a mid first rounder, right? And he went like whatever fifteenth overall. But the point is, is the fact that like I was never like high on Haskins, and he's been one of the lower like rated quarterback prospects. That's definitely been overdrafted. So if this guy comes, at, like if you draft two at two, right? If you're Washington, you're basically giving up on Haskins, and you basically spent the entire off season BSing and saying, yeah, Haskins is kind of our guy. Even though they did say, like, well, nothing's guaranteed. Like, every new coaching regime is going to say nothing's guaranteed because they're trying to instill discipline into their players. Even though, like, they got enough tape of game on Haskins, the new offensive staff in Washington, to know, is this guy really it? And and let's be real, like, Ron Rivera's, um, you know, teams have always revolved around, like, a really stout defense, which Washington has. And then a, um, you know, like a game-changer at quarterback. And to me, like, Dwayne does not scream game-changer. I'm sorry if you got, like, if you're a, if you're a Redskins fan and you're listening to this, thanks for the, you know, listen, because we love the numbers here and we produce quality content. But still, dude, just, like, Haskins just is not it, you know? And I would argue right now, I would take, like, 2018 Trubisky with Matt Nagy and the new Bears offensive staff over Haskins, like, any day. I don't know if I'd go that far. <laughs> I would go that far, Anthony. I mean, um, come to the head, like, I'd probably just shoot myself. <laughs> yeah. How would you pick I, one of these guys? See, I think Haskins, you know, um, I don't want to be, like, positive about Redskins players, but I think that in the right system, he can be a good system quarterback. I don't think he's a game changer like you said, but that, that kind of le- leveling and me- mediocrity is why I think they really should go quarterback at number two. You want the higher ceiling, not the higher floor. And, you know, it's a new regime. No one really has a tie to Dwayne Haskins. I think that they should just, you know, draft Tua because then he's got to wait a year probably with his injury. And then you could see what you have in Haskins and then maybe trade him. I know it's more of like a progressive mindset and something PFF would argue. And I know we we probably have some listeners that don't like PFF, but I would definitely do it. I mean, I don't think that – I think if you're going to settle for somebody whose ceiling is a solid system quarterback, I wouldn't make Dwayne Haskins that guy, especially when there is, like, character question marks about him with the whole dyslexic reading the playbook thing. Well, you know, I'll just say this overall. Um, whoever's in this division next year starting at quarterback, because you got Glass Wentz who's starting – Mm-hmm. Danny Jones is going to be starting. You don't know what's going to go down with Dak Prescott and Dallas, even though they're like, quote unquote, talking after we recorded last week's episode. And then you have the big unknown in Washington because we've seen crazier things happen in the NFL draft. And I'm not going to be shocked if they pull the trigger on uh, Tua and Dwayne Haskins is they're like, I will not be shocked. So the only surefire starter right now in this division is Danny Jones. Uh, he's still going to run the division regardless of who's playing quarterback. Because I think like, you know, when we were on this podcast, we look at like we've looked at like the last like ten years at some points. We've looked at like the last five years, and we've looked at like the last like you know the next five years too. And I think right now the Giants are the team that's like set up for success. But this virtual draft thing is going to be throwing like everyone into mayhem because like you don't know what to expect. And this is not at all like I saw Adam Schefter tweeted today. He was like, oh, this is going to be like your fantasy football draft. And I'm like, no, it's not going to be like your fantasy football draft because you're not talking to like five or six people at the same time, um, you know, trying to like pull a trade off. You're not like you don't have trade offers like written on your whiteboard or something in the friggin basement or wherever you do your fantasy draft. Like this is a new thing. And I think it's going to revolutionize the draft process going forward. I can't wait to see these guys like on FaceTime or watching them. Um, they're using all this technology Zoom. And then you get like a hacker, like in the middle of like the Redskins or Cowboys or Eagles drafted a player and they see just a big dick on the screen. How funny would that be? You know, I, I knew like if I was like popular in the nerd, I wish I knew nerds that could do that. I'd pay them. I'd be like, listen. Whatever you guys want, you know what I mean. Like, it, just drop a dick in between these guys, or, you know. It's something to do. I know they're they're definitely worried about it, <laughs> so it's definitely gonna happen, man. I'm telling you. Yeah, something, dude, something crazy is always gonna go down. Like, I'm just, 
I'm bracing for when draft weekend rolls around because I took Thursday and Friday off from work for it. I'm just bracing for it to come around, dude, because I just want to see like what the hell's gonna go on, dude. Something mm-hmm. crazy is gonna happen. And then and you know what the best part of it all is gonna be? Something crazy is gonna happen, and it's gonna be when everyone least expects it the most. So everything's gonna be running smoothly for like six or seven picks, and then like eighth or ninth pick, like boom, something's gonna happen, and they're gonna like cut off the cameras or whatever and try to get things under control. And Twitter's gonna be making memes out of it for like the next like two months or something. Yeah, well, it's like fantasy football, man. It's like, you know, you had that guy that screwed up, and, you know, drafted in the wrong order, messed up. You have to go mm. back, pause the draft. <laughs> uh, you know, there's definitely going to be, there's definitely gonna be something like, you know, as you said, it's, it's definitely something going to go wrong, man. Can't wait to see what it is. <laughs> it's going to be the most popular draft by far. I'm telling you, everybody's going to be tuned in because there's nothing going on. And people are just waiting to see, like, all the nerds that don't even watch sports are just be like, all right, let's 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 see if our hacker buddy, like, really does this. <laughs> it's going to be crazy. Tell me, the most highly rated shit we'll ever see. Thank God we're getting the draft, man. If we didn't get the draft, oh, there'd be nothing going on. Oh, yeah. Dude, I was like, okay, no, I was seriously thinking of this, like, earlier. I'm like, yo, sports got canceled a month ago. There's talk of the MLB potentially starting up in, like, May, but that's not going to happen because May is three weeks away, and there's so much that would have to go into it for it to even kick off. And then, like, you basically have the NFL draft, and that's it. And, like, this week the NHL playoffs should have been starting. Next week the NBA playoffs. And it's like, that's not happening. So after the draft, like, we pretty much have the draft, and that's it. And it's going to suck, dude, because you don't know when anything's coming back. But, like, moving on, you know, we've professed our love for a certain linebacker from Clemson. We've talked so much about, like, what the Giants should do, trading up, trading down scenarios. Let's talk about draft prospects to avoid, guys. And these can be, like, anywhere, like, whether it's in the first to, like, the seventh round. But, Anthony, who are you avoiding just in this draft in general? There's one player that comes to mind with one pick, the fourth overall pick. If there's one player that they take, I know everyone's reaction is going to be negative, and mine especially, and it's Derek Brown. If Dave Gettleman does the unthinkable and goes defensive lineman at number four overall— we are all going to collectively lose our minds, and it's going to completely ruin all of the hype, the suspense that we've been you know, anticipating and building up for with this draft. This is supposed to be our happy moment here in, towards the end of April in the middle of our quarantine, and it will be completely ruined for me and for a lot of other fans if Dave Gettleman continues his defensive lineman fetish and takes Derek Brown. <laughs> He's not wrong, dude, but I will say this, like there so I went back and looked at like Dave Gettleman's drafts just from the time he was in Carolina. And I was like, okay, I will not lie, there are and I obviously I looked at the rosters over the years too and some of the productive players he had. And I was like, hey, look, there are a lot of times where this team did not need to take a defensive lineman. But they took one anyway, because Dave, that's how he builds his kind of like he builds football teams, dude, like backwards out in the sense that he's going to commit to the run game before getting to the pass, before, you know, finding someone to get after the passer. And so really like that, he's got an odd philosophy. He's got kind of like an outside the box philosophy, which I feel like sometimes when it pays off for him, he looks like a genius when, um, you know, he saw when it does not pay off for him, then it's like, well, what the hell, man? I mean, I'm with Anthony in regards to, you know, Derek Brown. I don't want to see him either, man. Unless he comes to the team and he proves us all wrong and he turns out to be the next Aaron Donald, I just don't really see that. But if, if I got to pick a guy, I would go like any wide receiver. I don't want to see a wide receiver get drafted in at the number four if we trade back to 12 or 8 or whatever it is. I don't want to see a wide receiver like, uh, you know, C.D. Lamb or, or Judy. Like, I, I lose my shit there. And then I have to turn on Gettleman, and I don't want to. I don't want to be that guy. I've been supporting him for so long. I don't want to be wrong. <laughs> That's what would make you turn on him. See, if they trade back and they land one of those receivers, I'm not gonna be that upset about it, man. Because if you get one of those receivers plus extra picks, it's like, I don't know. That's gonna be like one of the best players in the league potentially in a few years. Dude, okay, so CD CD reminds me of DeAndre Hopkins. Henry Ruggs is like the next Tyreek Hill. Jerry Judy, he's like 
Odell. He reminds Dude, me of Odell. Like Odell or Amari Cooper, I'll be honest with yeah. you. I, yeah, Amari, I view, see that. I, I view him closer to being an Amari than I do, like, Odell. Just because, like, again, this is, you know, we've seen Odell play, dude. And Odell just, like, always kind of put his times, like, he put his foot down in the offense, made his, like, mark, you know. You felt his presence. Sometimes you did not see that. You only saw it with, you only see that with Amari when he's got a good quarterback, which he's got one in Danny Dimes, but that's not the point. The point is, is that, like, Amari's not the game changer Odell is. And that's okay because we have one in. Darius Slayton. I will say this though, if you trade back and you draft a receiver, it's kind of a win-win because you are getting a game changer. But it would also be like a luxury pick. And then regards to Derek Brown, it would be stupid if you took Brown at four, just because if you knew you were going to take Derek Brown and he was on your radar the entire time, why would you bring back Leonard Williams and pay the fifteen million? And right. it would make the it would make that section of Giants the Giants fan base that's still hating on the Leonard Williams trade, despite the fact that they were so quick to judge it because they forgot that there was a third round comp pick that they were going to get for Landon Collins. It would just like piss them off even more. So it would drive them into mayhem. There's no question. Yeah. It... I'm one of them. <laughs> <laughs> See, this happens every single week now as I take like random shots at Anthony. And then I don't realize that I'm taking random shots at him. But that's okay. But just like moving on, you know, this when you look at the offensive line depth, guys, that's when you look at the offense in general, I think wide receiver is pretty solid. Right. Then you have running back that's set, quarterback is set, tight ends are looking good. Really the offensive line right now is the one positional group that like I still think could use work. And I've got the depth chart up in front of me. So you've got like Nate Solder, Will Hernandez, Spencer Pulley, Kevin Zeitler, and Cam Fleming. Now, I'll say this. Of the five guys on that offensive line, really only Solder and Hernandez are the two locks to start next season. And, like, Hernandez is, um, like, this is Hernandez's unit. And I'm one of those people that's long said, maybe Josh Jones at 36, maybe a guy like Lloyd Cushenberry or Cesar Ruiz have one of those guys slide in at uh, right guard because you need another, like, mean monster on this offensive line. You need someone that's willing to, like, you know, kick the frigging living crap out of whatever's in front of them. And Ruiz or Cushenberry would provide that ASAP. Oh, no question, man. They're, they're definitely getting the center. There's no doubt. I would love Cushenberry. Or, or uh, you know, the other guy from Michigan, um, you know, that they're, they're definitely going there. There's no question about it. Um, but, you know, I think, you know, it all depends on their sheen, too, man. If Joe Judge comes in here and gets a, a better sheen for the offensive line, maybe they'd be able to work together than, you know, like this past season where they've shown flashes they could work together. They had good games, but then they ran into a team like Philly with that front, and they just got overwhelmed. Um, so, you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I'm happy you mentioned that because I do think the biggest problem with the offensive line has been for the past few years Hal Hunter as the offensive line coach. I, I, as soon as that hiring happened in 2017, I said, that is awful. That's not going to pan out. And I was right. And it really didn't pan out at all. It was really bad. But now we do have Mark Colombo. I think that will pan out. I think he's a really good guy. I like his energy. I think he's done a great job uh, as an assistant and as a full-time offensive line coach in Dallas. And if you listen to anything that the Dallas coaches have to say about him, they all love him and rave about him. So I think that it's going to be a huge improvement in that regard. I think you're going to see the offensive linemen play a lot smarter and a lot more physical and maybe finally pick up some stunts this year. Uh, but, you know, they do need to find some more talent on this line. I think you're going to see um, probably, if they don't go offensive tackle, if they go Isaiah Simmons, you're going to see probably Cameron Fleming starting at right tackle until that 36th overall pick tackle is ready to go. And I think you're going to see Nick Gates be the backup plan uh, at every position because he showed that he can play guard. He showed he can play right tackle. And since he showed he could play guard, we might get a chance to see him at center in the preseason. And he could end up being the starting center if they don't end up drafting one. If they draft a tackle instead in the middle rounds, then I think you look at Gates at center. Yeah, I think they're getting both. You know, like I said before, I think they're getting that tackle and end the center in the later rounds. But you're right, man. I think they're really banking on Colombo being that guy to – you know, change this attitude of this offensive line and, and play better. I mean, this this talented guys on there. Solder is not that bad. Hernandez had his moments. You know, Kevin is is a great great pick. 
and mm-hmm. looks like this, like he's going to be a, a star in the league, hopefully a star. So I think we just need better coaching, and then you know, let's see what this guy brings before everybody panics and said, "Oh, this offensive line sucks." We put up the most points in the division last year. We got to stop somebody at some time. Yeah, and that's why we need Isaiah Simmons, man. That's that's exactly why. Yeah, yeah so, dude, Colombo's a really interesting case study because he was in Dallas, I think, for like three years as the offensive line coach. And keep in mind, like, at that time, the biggest thing that Colombo's bringing right now is just his coaching experience, which is going to help kind of a young line. Because, like, Will Hernandez is going into year three. Um, Nick Gates, still a bit of an unknown commodity. Cam Fleming's looking to get his career back on track. So this offensive line has a lot of unknowns right now. But they got potentially the best offensive line coach they could have gotten this offseason because Colombo, he's worked with these guys like uh, Zach Martin and Travis Fredericks. And keep in mind, like, the strength of Dallas is not Zeke Elliott or Dak Prescott or Jerry Jones' pockets. They're, it's always been, like, the offensive line, right? And Jason Garrett, this is another thing that people aren't talking about, is Garrett's work with – Garrett – was like basically Columbo's boss so this is something that like everyone right now is like yeah this is one of the most like intriguing moves of the offseason I seriously think Columbo with his experience as a player and as a coach he's gonna bring some nastiness to the unit and like quite frankly we need that right now because there were times last year where this O-line was getting like zero push under Hal Hunter and it bothered me because it was like look this O-line is not getting any push and who's you know getting the short end of the stick Danny Dimes is and Barkley. And Barkley, yeah. too. Mm-hmm. You know, it's yeah. like, it was unfortunate. But you're right, Dad. That continuity between him and Garrett, I think it's going to pay, you know, big dividends. Especially, like, you know, like, I don't know what's going to happen with the practice time and the training camp. So we're going to we're gonna definitely need the coaching for a limited amount of time to have around these guys. I bet you right now, dude, Mark Colombo and Danny dimes right they're like all on you know whatever facetime with each other and they're like yo let's figure this thing out and they got like the so you know teams are investing in like vr reality now i bet you that teams are going to start practicing that way <laughs> that'd be pretty interesting i haven't heard that dude it's just oh that's just something i'm throwing out there like i came up with that like on the spot you know because i know like some teams like i cover the bears with a media credential whenever i get access to their headquarters i mean i've seen like they've got kind of like a vr room that like their quarterbacks use kind of simulate granted it's not the same as like being out there on the actual field but it still gets the job done that would be something i think like teams will look into you know i mean all pro and shit like you know yeah yeah get each other looking at all the plays yeah it's pretty uh pretty interesting man yeah, dude, it's just, I mean, with this whole situation right now, you don't know what's going to happen. You're kind of playing it day by day. But, like, tons going on over the next few weeks. You know, for me personally, like, I'm avoiding guys like Derek Brown. I want the offensive line depth to be short up. But another thing I would want to see, another guy I would want to see them kind of avoid at 36 would be Kyle Duggar from Lenore Ryan because he's a D3 prospect. And I haven't seen, like, this much hype surrounding a D3 guy in the last couple of years and his projections have been all over the place and he's kind of like the hybrid defender that you know Patrick Graham would want in this scheme because he can play like that strong safety but then you can like have him play linebacker as well and that's just someone that I you know you look at and you're like okay the ceiling is there but it's gonna take him like two or three years to reach that ceiling plus I don't want them investing in a safety at um you know 36 anyway yeah, I don't want them to get a safety at 36 either. I see, I see a lot of fans put that out there, and I don't know. I think we're, our safety room is pretty solid with Julian Love and Jabril Peppers. I think that's way too early to be spending a pick there, especially we spent, what, three picks in the 2019 draft on uh, defensive backs plus the third-round compensatory on Sam Beal, and then I think one or two more in 2018. Like We've put a lot of capital into the into the secondary. And I don't think we need to put another second-round pick into it. Um, but, you know, the same thing being said, one of those fourth, fifth, seventh-round picks, you know, if you can package one or two of those together and send those over to the Vikings for Anthony Harris, that I'm game for. And then you move Julian Love back into the slot. That's something I'm pushing really hard for. I know the Giants are interested in making it happen, but the Vikings' price right now is like a little bit out of reach. But I have a feeling that they're going to get that sorted out because that sounds like a perfect match. I wouldn't mind. 
I, I like to see Julian Love like either say like say you know like you said go to the slot, but I kind of want to see him like in that safety position because he did play pretty well, man. If he you know becomes that guy next to Peppers, you know as that cover guy, I'm like that that'll be like a, a bonus for us, man. But we definitely need depth there, regardless. You know what if one of these guys go down? You know then we're then we're definitely screwed. Well, I mean, yeah. I guess that's really every position because we don't really have a lot of depth anywhere on this team. Yeah, we don't. Except defensive line. Yeah, and that's, dude, that's one of the things, right, is it's like, so I think really your first, second, and third round picks this year are going to be like, they could all, rounds one and two are going to be starters. Round three, depending on the way the board falls, which we'll have like a better idea after round two ends just in terms of who they can get in round three but um you know really like rounds three four five six and seven those are all going to be like guys that are going to be depth pieces you're going to draft them to be like depth pieces but then hope that they turn out to be like Darius Slayton and I think like right now what you need is like another Darius Slayton not in terms of like the receiver but just in terms of like hitting on those late round guys because that's going to be some contributions that you're going to have for the next four years because whoever they draft from round two onwards is basically going to be on this team from 2020 until 2023 i like the direction they're going i like the future the giants have like you mentioned it before like you know with dallas they shake out that's a line mr glass in philly and then washington just a disaster i want to see the giants like build this roster to keep building it you know young like the way they're going build something that's going to last for a while because when we had our Super Bowls, it was like, all right, all of a sudden this year we dominated. Then we had to wait a few more years after Plaxico shot himself. Then all of a sudden, like, we wanted that year. And then it's been like, you know, it hasn't been that consistent with the Giants football and, like, since I've been a fan. And it's never been consistent. Like, you know, teams always go to the playoffs like New England. You know, I want to see that become the norm in New York. Well, that takes a very good, detail-oriented culture and GM who is ahead of the curve. And that's the biggest question with Dave Gettleman. A lot of people think he's behind, and they think he's not progressive enough. And you need someone who's ahead of the game, like Bill Belichick. I mean, obviously, he built something there. He's super detail-oriented. He put in that culture, and he runs that team pretty much from the field to the front office. But he's always ahead of the game and knows what the opponent is thinking and everything like that. And then you look at teams like the Chiefs, who are also ahead of the game, you know, and they make these decisions to build around a specific player. And I don't know, man, that's why I just always think it's going to be a shaky road with Gettleman. I don't know if he's really playing chess. I think he's playing checkers with the rest of the league. And then there's a few elite GMs that are playing chess and... I don't know, but this is going to be an important draft to really see that because obviously now we have Joe Judge, and it looks like Dave Gettleman is pressing because he's only got one year left to prove it. So maybe he'll change a bit, and uh, him and Joe Judge can put something together. Who knows, man? Maybe this will be the start of that dynasty that we were all praying for. Well, listen, we got the youngest team in the NFL, so it's, yeah. only, it's only upside for these guys. We don't got these old, overpriced veterans anymore. Right. So, you know, we got yeah. to go with them. Yeah, part of it, dude, I think is like you just got to – I mean, it's – so you have your coaching staff, right? And they need to work hand-in-hand hand with the front office and the scouting part, scouting department and like the GMs, the contract guys, all that kind of stuff. Everyone needs to work hand-in-hand hand to put a winning product on the field. But like the front office, the contract guys, and, you know, the scouting department, I mean, their job is to get the coaching staff – talent that's system fitting and we really don't know like how what this offense is going to look like right on defense we have a feeling we know it's going to be a lot like the Patriots defense um on offense so you could see it being like the Patriots defense and then like you know throw mix in like some Cowboys um you know some like Cowboys flavor in there because we got Saquon back there so who they take like with the first like three or four picks is really going to kind of tell us like what kind of offense are they trying to what just what kind of team are they trying to build in general and i can say right now dude like judging by joe judge's comments back in january i think it's going to be like a tough hard nose like grind it out type football team that you should expect to see in 2020 yeah i think you're going to see a lot of play action they're going to run the ball a lot and a lot of play action with, with jones 
and I think they're going to thrive like in, in in that system. Hopefully. All right. So, um, Mike suggested a great topic. That's enough draft talk. We'll be back the next two weeks with more draft talk because that'll be our last two episodes before draft. Because we're all bored inside anyway. Mike suggested he's like, which Giants players would current or former right would you want to be quarantined with and why? Um, I'll start with Mike because this was his suggestion. Yes, yes. I'll, like we have to pick one current and one former. So I'm gonna go with the current one now because you guys know him. It's Barkley. All right. I named my dog after this guy. I want to be quarantined with him because I want to know how you get legs that size. I got to be able to work out with this fucking guy because my legs look like you're like you know I'm I'm diesel you know nice size up top. I was about to say diesel, but let's not get crazy. Like I'm nice size, nice build, but my my legs, man, they need work, man. Barkley got these quads, these calves. They just look it doesn't look human, man. Like, so, like, if we got stuck and, you know, be on lockdown, like, we would probably just work out legs all day. So, that'd be pretty cool hanging out with him. And then I could go another extreme for my guy that from back in the day retired would be Lawrence Taylor. Just because, say, the world is ending, like, we would just get hookers and do mounds of cocaine. And I've done cocaine before. <laughs> and it would be just be amazing. Like, that I'd be like, all right, this is the end of the world. We might as well go out with a bang. So those are my two guys. So if like if the world's gonna still continue to happen, I'll go with Barkley. But if the world's ending, I gotta go with LT. Dude, see L. Okay, so I got into the one. Dude, I got into this argument on Twitter like before the season started, and some way somehow, dude, the argument was like, who's better, Khalil Mack? So it's Khalil Mack or Aaron Donald. Naturally, I vouch for my guy Khalil Mack just because like he's like LeBron James. He makes like the entire team around him better. Whereas Aaron Donald was more of like a Kobe Bryant type guy. Um but you know both are good at what they do, but Mack's better than Donald in my opinion. You can disagree with me if you want to. But some way somehow some dude in this group chat was like, oh yeah, like Max or Donald's like the greatest defensive player of all time. And the moment he said that, I was like, bullshit, that's ridiculous. Because, like, Lawrence Taylor's the greatest of all time. You have a whole generation of kids. Look, I never got to see Lawrence Taylor play. I saw highlights of him, and you could see how dominant he was. Um, you know, I get you have an entire generation of kids, and great defensive players to them are like Julius Peppers and JJ Watt and these guys. Those like nobody, dude, those that's that's what I'm. Bro, that's what I'm saying, right? Is like these guys like Donald and Watt are great for their time, but LT was always going to be on another level. LT, dude, at like 90 years old, could come back, right? And still be better than some of these dudes. Amen. Amen. Dude, I I would start Lawrence Taylor right now in his age and condition on this Giants defense. I, I, I think he's probably an upgrade. Dude, I would bring him in just to freaking go ahead and knock some sense into some of these clowns. Like, I would bring him in just for that. God, I would love that, man. I would love LT back. After, like, 15 years in retirement. <laughs> Come back, LT. Yeah, so, Anthony, who are you avoiding and who you are uh, choosing to be quarantined with? Um, Quarantine. See, this is tough because my uh, my memory of Giants football doesn't go as far back as Mike's, but... Um, shoot, I know you gotta say Eli. I know you gotta. I want to. I want to say Eli, but at the same time, like, what am I gonna do? He's gonna be hanging out with his three, his three or four children, reading them bedtime stories, and I'm just gonna be like, "Hey, Eli, you want to throw the ball around? Hey, Dad, want to go play catch?" I don't <laughs> think even Eli likes to play video games. He probably just sits around the house and just like <laughs> I don't know what he, he likes. Yeah, he likes the golf, and I like to do that, but we can't go do that in quarantine. So I don't, I don't know what he's doing, and I don't know how I'd vibe with him. <laughs> I'll could. say though, on the team right now, I thought about Sterling Shepard. Then I realized he has a baby, so I'm like, I don't want to have to hear you know baby talk or crying in the middle of the night. And then I thought about DeAndre Baker, and I think that's going to be my pick for the for, for the current because that dude, I don't know if you follow him on social media and stuff. He looks like he knows how to party. Uh, he looks like he's got a lot of cool friends and they like to party and what else is there to do but to party like you said mike and he lives in miami so it's close to me we probably listen to similar music because you know kodak black triple x they're huge down here denzel curry so we probably listen to similar music and 
You know, he looks like fun, and he likes to spend money. I've noticed that, too, on his, on his social media. So if he can, you know, throw me a little bit of cash, I won't complain. So I'll, I'll hang out with DeAndre Baker for a little bit, and then... I just fall asleep during meetings. <laughs> yeah, I mean, honestly, I think that is why he's probably hungover. <laughs> Listen, if he plays better next year, like, I don't give a shit, man. Drink all you want. Party all you want. Just guard <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, just like LT back in the day, man. That guy used to party a lot, but he showed up. So as long as DeAndre Baker shows up, I don't care what he does. But yeah, I don't know the the former player. That that's a tough one to pick, man. Because I don't know. All of them are like they're old now, and I'm really young. So I think I'd pick Eli just because you know I love him like a father, and maybe I could learn some things from him. But I don't know how much fun we'd have. So if you guys have any any suggestions, I'm open to hearing them. <laughs> Dude, I would... Okay, so, see, Anthony would hang out with Eli all day, and he would just, like, shadow Eli and be like, learn how to be a dad... Learn how to be a dad 101 is what Anthony would learn from Eli, okay? And now... My new dad, Eli. You're my new daddy. <laughs> like, get away from me, stranger. <laughs> Dude, for, for me, I would say, like, current player I would want to hang out with would... This is tough, dude. Um, but I would probably say Will Hernandez just because I love the mindset that he like brings to the table, dude. Because I think what was it? I think, dude, I think it was against the Eagles on Monday Night Football where someone like knocked Danny Dimes down, and Hernandez went and just like punched the crap out of him. Like you want your guys, you want your guys when your quarterback gets knocked down, and no one in the Giants fan base talks about this enough, so we're gonna mention it because everything we do. Everything we say on here ends up coming to fruition, by the way. The thing is, is you want your guys to be able, like, when your quarterback gets knocked down, you want them to get up and vouch for him, dude. You want them to be like, excuse me? Like, you're not going to mess with this dude. So I'll pick Will Hernandez. You're going to have to end up fighting Will Hernandez if you're quarantined together. You know that, right? That's (laughs) fine. I He he likes to fight. So if he's locked in a room, yeah, you're eventually going to have to fight him, man. Yeah. That's hey, okay. maybe he'll put you in a coma, and then you can just wake up when quarantine is over, and you're like, ah, oh, that was fun. Uh, <laughs> I, know, I probably, dude, I probably should have thought twice about picking Will Hernandez, but like seriously, he's the only guy on the line, dude, that's bought the nastiness the last like two seasons. Um, and then you know the last, let's see, former player, dude, probably David Tyree, dude, and this one was kind of David Tyree or Michael Strahan. I would lean. Tyree over Strahan just because like you look at Super Bowl 42 if he does not make that helmet catch I don't think the Giants go on to like win that game and I would be like hey what was going through your mind before the catch and then obviously just like after the catch and then can you tell me like what happened during the catch but obviously during the catch would be so much harder because like you would you know it just like comes and goes in a flash you know wow that's a great pick man I didn't even think of Tyree Oof. Do yeah. you remember? You yeah. Guys remember, was it that that super that Super Bowl like that playoff run right where Tyree had been out like, most of the season I think, yeah. and then he came back and like the week before they put him in the game plan and the Patriots like game plan for Plaxico they didn't game plan for David Tyree. Yeah, the dude stepped up, man. Shit, man. God bless that guy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. How do you have a helmet? Uh, fucking football stuck to your helmet, man. That, that's the that's the number one play in Super Bowl history, man. There's nothing else I could compare to that. That was like the game-winning drive on third and five. Like it, it was just ridiculous. I still can't believe it, man. I still can't believe that. You know what's crazy? So I I'll go back a thousand times over, and I've probably the last like thirteen years, dude. I've watched that play like a thousand different times. And I still wonder not how did he come down with it, but how did you maintain control? Because like half a second earlier or later and that ball right is like odds are the nose of the football is hitting the ground. Cause I think it was Rodney Harrison or Patrick Chung that was on him at the time. Rodney Harrison. And yeah. and the thing is Rodney Harrison, he was like one interception away from a record. Uh, for like most single most interceptions by a single person in a in Super Bowl history because he had played in a few prior and had a few more uh, other picks going into the game and I think they said he went for the ball instead of going for Tyree because he had that in the back of his mind he wanted a pick rather than just breaking the pass up on third down so he went for the ball and you know when you watch it you could see it puts he kind of puts Tyree's he puts the ball onto Tyree's head 
because he wanted the pick. And they say that if he didn't have that in his head, that he wanted the interception, he probably just takes Tyree's legs out from underneath him, and the ball flies out of his hands and hits the ground. But because he went for the pick, it ended up being a Tyree catch, and the Giants win in the Super Bowl. So thank you for your subconscious Sigmund Freud slip right there, Rodney Harrison. <laughs> wow, big words right there from Ed. Holy shit. <laughs> I got to go look that shit up. Yeah, man. It's, I'm pretty sure that's how the story goes. Wow, that's yeah, that's the first time I heard that, man. That's fucking crazy. Holy shit. Yeah. Dude, I don't like okay, that see, I didn't know that either, right? But like that blows my mind just in the moment that we're in. Because you're always taught go for the freaking ball, dude. The player's gonna be there, right? Regardless of it could have been like friggin' Calvin Johnson or whatever that was going up to make that play or catch that ball, right? You always go for the ball first, forget the freaking player. Like, you know. Um, I don't know why Rodney would do that, but shout out to Rodney for that because then, uh, you know, we got the, what was, dude, what was that? Like the first Super Bowl they had since like the 80s or 90s or something? Yeah, since 91, I think. Yeah, dude, damn. And it, they're, you know, heading into the 20s now, the 2020s, dude. I think like if they draft correctly, um, you know, Giants have a legitimate shot to be back in because you see, like, the foundation of this roster being laid. But like we said, it's still going to take another year for them to, like, truly, um, you know, end up, like, seeing the roster that we want to see. And I think a lot of people are kind of cheating themselves right now because their expectations of the Giants going into 2020, they're so unrealistic. I'm just looking forward to see what Joe Judge does with the roster. I don't think he's the type of guy that's going to put up with mediocre bullshit or a guy sleeping through meetings. You know, those kind of guys probably won't play. You know what I mean? And I think he's going to come in here, set the tone, and, you know, get these young guys on his side immediately and, you know, build something here, man. Yeah, I love, obviously, I know we've talked about Joe Judge's press conference like a thousand times because it's all we've seen from him because, you know, obviously uh, it's the off season, but it just instills so much confidence and hope into me. And I think that that really uh, is the way that all the fan base feels because we haven't had a guy stand and command the, the respect at the podium since Tom Coughlin. We obviously had McAdoo, who people obviously laughed at, um, Pat Shermer, people laughed at. I don't see anybody laughing at Joe Judge, man. I don't think he's going to let anything fly. And I'm really excited to see the culture that he brings. And he gives me hope for the future, man. Even if there's other portions of this team, and I don't want to be too negative, that don't give me hope. Joe Judge, Daniel Jones, they give me hope. Yeah, me too, man. Remember remember McAdoo? I started laughing at him when he had one haircut, the shaggy haircut one year, and then all of a sudden he came into training camp with the hair slicked back, looking like Pat Riley when he's coaching the Knicks. I'm like, get the fuck out of here. Like, you look like yeah. a artist, man. <laughs> what a disaster that was. Dude, McAdoo... Mac, I, I don't want to start about McAdoo. I will say this, though. That I was... Yeah, that was one of the freaking dumbest moves of the Jerry Reese era. Because one, it was towards the end of the Jerry Reese era. Number two, like, you were trying to turn the Giants into something that you knew they just could not be. Because they've always been a defensive-led team. Which is why, like, we've advocated so hard for Isaiah at fourth overall. But I'm not going to be mad if they pick an offensive tackle. But, like, you need a defensive-minded guy. You a tough, tough skin guy, and like McAdoo didn't have that. And Shermer, you could argue in some ways, was even worse than Ben McAdoo. Uh, I don't know if he was worse than McAdoo. That's that would be tough. But he did. McAdoo did make the playoffs, so I guess you could make that argument. Um, yeah, but, but that I'll was only because I, I will say this though, dude, is that McAdoo had like a more talented roster. Um, oh yeah, than By like far. like. That's the reason why. And keep in mind, like, the year they made the playoffs in 2016, uh, Reese went on, like, his last big spending spree before the current one that we just saw. Right. Uh, you really hate Pat Shermer to say that. <laughs> yeah, I do, dude. I do. I, I do. See, there's nobody I hate that's been associated with the Giants more, and it's by a wide margin, than Ben McAdoo. And it really is just the awful memories that I have with the whole Eli Manning benching. I mean, that was such a devastating day for me because, you know, I was it was three years ago at this point. I was 15, so I was 
I I hadn't learned to be less emotional with sports, you know, yet, you know, because like now that I've been writing and stuff, and I've gone through some things these past three years, <laughs> I, I've learned to take the emotion out of it a little more. I still am emotional and passionate, but I was very emotional that day. Let me tell you, I was angry. I got sad. You know, like I've said so many times before on this podcast, I grew up with Eli. He's like a second father figure role model to me. I'm always going to be grateful for him. So then when I saw the way that they treated him, the way that Ben McAdoo treated him, just this hatred fire, just it grew really strong in me, man. <laughs> they started Geno Smith. I'm like, didn't you look like on in him in a jet uniform and watch him yeah. play for fucking three years? It wouldn't have been as bad if it was Davis Webb starting, but the fact that he went so disrespectful and said Geno Smith should start the rest of the year, oh my god, the the audacity of that man. Yeah. Yeah, I remember those comments by him and I straight up was like, yo, Ben, like someone needs to come around the corner and just kick you in the nuts every single day for the rest <laughs> of your damn life. The fact that you went out and you said that. Like Eli, right? Carry we had terrible rosters, dude. Terrible teams. And EY was like the lone bright spot that carried this team through like the worst of times, you know? And so for you to come up there and say that like was just so I want to punch Ben McAdoo right now, dude. For real. Fuck Ben McAdoo. If anybody takes something from this podcast, fuck Ben McAdoo. Fuck Ben McAdoo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Should okay. be the title. <laughs> yeah, that's one of my title. Guys, uh so you know, we promised we'd keep this episode a bit shorter because I ordered pizza like an hour ago and it's just sitting around because I had to rush home and like get on this podcast with these guys because I didn't want to keep them waiting. But um, we're going to go ahead and um, yeah, my brother's texting me about something. But anyway, we're going to go ahead and we're going to get out of here. We'll be back the next two weeks, obviously, with episodes. And then regardless of what happens with like sports and everything through May, June, July, August, September, October. We're going to be here forever, basically, right? Um, go ahead and follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Usaid Coach. You'll follow Anthony on Twitter at Anthony underscore Rivardo. Mike's on Twitter, too, at Mike Trainer MFT. You got to follow Mike for, um, you know, all the harsh criticisms he has of everyone, which a lot of the times are, like, totally warranted, in my opinion. And my Ariana Grande impersonator. Yeah, I, just, I was going to say I was just about to say yeah, that, yeah. Check that out, man. Yeah, I'm telling you, she looks just like her. I'm sure guys end up marrying her, and she's gonna kill me in my sleep. <laughs> oh my god! Um, yeah, be sure that you're following the podcast accounts on Twitter and Facebook at Giants Brawl. Tweet at us if you have a question. Slide into my DMs if you have a question or you want to comment on my comments about Ben McAdoo or me saying that uh, Haskins was not as good as Trubisky, which is totally true, by the way. We're gonna get out of here though, guys, because I'm hungry and Anthony wants to jump back on his video games again if you're watching this on youtube right mike's dressed the way he is because um you know he dresses like that while playing madden <laughs> i'm the coach yeah he's a coach trainer is what we're gonna call him from now on peace out guys we will see you next week then